I'll get some of these texts in a minute. Did you know that Chappelle was in town this weekend? Is it this weekend? I knew it was soon. Yeah, it was. No, it, it happened. It okay, was, it it's was yesterday, right? It was, yeah, yes. What's, what it's, day is it? Sunday. It might have been Friday. might have been. Yeah, I think I remember it. Thursday, Where was Friday, I going? Saturday. One I was driving by Uptown. Long-ass line. And uh, looked at the marquee. Dave Chappelle. Who knew? I didn't know. People knew that, I guess. They were talking about that. Dave Chappelle at Uptown Theater. Why is Chappelle playing Uptown Theater? I mean, Uptown to, Uptown to me is one of, if not the best venue to see a play uh, a show. But couldn't he sell out T-Mobile? Dave it, Chappelle isn't his thing like kind of, at this point kind of smaller venues though. He's not doing sprint centers. Why? I, I mean, isn't his thing making money? I don't like. I don't get it. Yeah, but I'm sure how they many could bands. Tr- I'm how sure- many bands that are as big as Dave Chappelle are like, yeah, I, no, I, we could fill the stadium, but we'd rather play the gymnasium. But I'm sure they could charge an arm and a leg for those tickets in a smaller, maybe better venue hey, for a comedy Ch- show. If you went to Chappelle, let us know how much it was. Nine one three five seven six seven six ten. The text line. I. I mean, you're probably right. The tickets are probably super expensive to see him at a venue like that. And for the people that are pissed off at Grant, whoever sent in this text, hashtag fire the producer. I've known for 38 minutes the Royals game was canceled, and he only knew for 15. You can slander me. Once you slander Grant, that starts getting a little bit hurtful. I mean, I, I don't care. That guy can't fire me. Yeah. No, probably not. Although it, it rubs me the wrong way because I'm the one who kind of started that whole thing. And I mean, Speck did text me 40 minutes ago, I guess, so. I probably could have told and you. He, and he can fire you. Yeah, yeah but. He's, he's definitely, trust me. Trust me, he can. Well, I'm not doubting that. Oh, he's, I'm telling he's you. He's my boss. Yes. He's not this guy that just texted in. Anyway, no Royals game today. No thanks to Grant. No Royals baseball. Nine one three five seven six seven. If that's what does me in here at the station, it was a good run. It was a nice run. Yeah. It'd be a terrible way to go. So, somehow I doubt that that's that's gonna I push know, me man. over the edge. Weather almost cost me. It almost cost me. It was before Spec when John was a program director. It was how I became the weather machine. He didn't Spec didn't text me and was like, "Hey, let people know the game got postponed." I'm telling you, this is basically what happened. I was filling in for Ron. It was a Monday night. I didn't know the weather was as bad as I didn't know the weather was supposed to get as bad as it is today. Like the fact the world's game is canceled to me blows my mind. So somebody must know something anyway. And I'm on the radio and I'm doing like I was earlier today, telling some silly story about porta potties or rabbits or whatever it was. And I'm getting a text from our at the time boss, John, that's like, why are you not talking about the weather? And he's lucky I even looked down at my phone because usually during a segment, I wouldn't look down at my phone. And I'm like, why don't I look at the weather? And then this next text comes in. It says, go to weather.com and start talking about the radar. I'm like, what? Start talking about the radar? Talking about the storm machine? 913-576-7610. Can we talk some Chiefs football? Is that all right with you, Grant? Since there's no Royals game today. Since nobody really cares about the NBA. And since the draft is only. Oh, you can talk about whatever it was. I'm worried about my job now. No, you're good. I mean, Ish. I would think 50-50 that you still work here after today. Hashtag fire as a producer. That's crap. <laughs> I mean. You think it's 50-50? Yeah, I you think my odds are that low? <laughs> I think it deserves suspension for sure. Oh, would, yeah. a suspension? Yeah, like I would say. Wow. Well, you're only in here a couple of days a week, so it's kind of like when a baseball, when a pitcher gets suspended. Like what's a, what's a five-day suspension in baseball for a pitcher? It's, okay. one, it's one game. 
do you think a week long, a self induced week long suspension will be good enough? The way that you're self induced tells me that you're trying to go out of town. I've played that game before. We've all at some point tried to get in trouble intentionally. I used to do that at school all the time. Uh, hey, I'll take myself. Uh, Hands up. My bad. It's, uh, next time I'll be here is next Sunday. How about that? No, don't do that. Six Show days. up like you're supposed to. At school, I used to pull this off because did, what, was the, what was the worst trouble you ever – did you ever get an in-school suspension, an ISS, or were you just like a detention guy? I got detention a couple times, but never ISS. See, detention sucked, in my opinion. ISS was with, like, the cool teacher, and everybody knew it. So – you know, sometimes you just got to, you know, fake it till you make it, get yourself in trouble, get you the ISS, and then basically, like you're trying to do right now, take a little mini vacation. I'll do it. Self-induced suspension. I'll take a week off. You might want to let other people know, though. I mean, you can't just have, <laughs> I'm not even scheduled the rest just, of the week. Oh, you're not? <laughs> oh, well, yeah. Then then that's it. You're suspended for a week. Um, As far as the Kansas City Chiefs go, I wonder how many of their 12 draft picks they're actually going to end up using and if it's going to end up a bigger number or a smaller number because I can tell you this. there's de- I don't know specifically what's going to happen, but there is going to be a lot of movement in this draft, probably more so than we've ever seen. First of all, look at the quarterbacks. Most of the time, there are quarterbacks at the top of the draft that you either watch play in college and like, oh, yeah, this guy either already is great or has a chance to be great. The quarterbacks in this year's draft are just total crapshoots. I mean, right now, according to Mel Kuyper Jr., who was once right in 1996, thinks that Kenny Pickett is the best quarterback in this draft. Small hands Pickett is the best quarterback in this draft. And that he's going to go sixth overall. Malik Willis. Be honest with me now, Grant. You know who that is? Malik Willis? Yeah, you don't know who Malik Willis is? Well, you know, sort of, ish. No. Liberty quarterback? Yeah, I know who Liberty. he is. I watch his pro day and everything. Come on now. I'm the sports machine. 6-1 quarterback. I guess, uh, go ahead. I was just going to say, I guess it's a fair question. All I'm saying, I bet there's a lot of football fans out there that don't know the name Malik Willis. Don't pretend like you're watching Liberty football every Saturday. What's the matter? No, with but you? I mean, I've seen the highlights. People were big on him. Okay, if you know, all so, year long. if you're such an expert on Liberty football, player on the team, just one. I'm, I'm telling you, just I, one. I'm telling you, they showed Malik Willis highlights. Oh, okay, all right. But you're talking about a six-one quarterback out of Liberty as a top ten pick. That tells me there's going to be a lot of movement. I'm sorry, a six-one quarterback out of Liberty. That can do a lot of different things. And I saw his arm. It was absolutely huge. How many 6'1 quarterbacks can throw the football in the history of college football that are mobile have we seen? A billion. A trillion. I don't think that, I don't remember any talk about what was that Nebraska quarterback back in the day? Tommy, what was my guy's name? Damn it. Tommy. I'll wait for it, Grant. Tommy Frazier? Tommy Frazier. 6-1 athletic quarterback, wins a bunch of games. Like, that didn't used to be an NFL quarterback, let alone a top 10 pick. But now, somebody's going to look at Kyler Murray and go, oh, well, that's what he did. So that's what he, this guy can do. It feels like that's kind of where this draft is. There's not really a consensus, number one. There's not really too many players that you say, yeah, that guy's a real safe pick. The guy who was projected to be number one most of the season was pass rusher from Oregon, Kayvon Thibodeau. Right now, he's projected to go anywhere between 5 and 15 on Mel Kuyper's board. 
which tells me that where the Chiefs are, they're in a very advantageous position. Now, I don't know what's going on there at one Arrowhead Drive behind closed doors. For all I know, their plan is this. They have five picks in the top 100. They're just going to sit there and take the best player available or the player of position of need once their number comes around. 25 and 26 and 27 and 20. And then finally, you're going to see on the bottom line, the Chiefs, they're kind of coming up. And then you're going to see the Chiefs are on the clock. If it's at 29 in the first round, in my opinion, just me talking, they screwed up. There's got to be somebody. There's got to be a wide receiver that they've done their research on, crossed their T's, dotted their I's, that at least Brett Veach thinks is the dude. He's the one that's worth trading up for. Because according to Mel Kuyper Jr., there's one, two, three, four, five different wide receivers that are likely to go in the top 20, and the Chiefs' first pick is at 29. You do the math. Doesn't work out great for him. The chances that one of those five wide receivers would slide all the way down to 29 is highly unlikely, which tells me this. You can wait till the second round where you've got pick 50, pick 62, pick 69. I guess that'd be a third round pick. Or you can eyeball a guy that you really like that you think is the most NFL-ready wide receiver. Now, I'm not saying he's going to be a Tyree kill replacement, but the guy that's closest, the guy that's almost ready to play in the NFL. Maybe he's a little bit bigger. Obviously, he's going to be younger. Obviously, he's going to be cheaper. But you're not going to get that guy at 29 or 30 or 50 or 62 or 69. If you get one of those wide receivers, you're hoping to get DK Metcalf, the wide receiver that a bunch of people passed on that ultimately turned out to be the best wide receiver from the draft. I think what the Chiefs and Brett Veach would be best suited doing is this. I think at least in this room, and probably most people listening agree that the position of need that the Chiefs need most after this offseason is wide receiver. You could say, well, what about pass rush and secondary and defensive line? I'll, yeah, I agree. There are holes that need to be filled through this draft. But if we're talking about what should they eyeball and spend their best capital on, their first pick, it's got to be wide receiver. I mean, right now you're talking about a wide receiver core that might be the worst in the division. You went from two or three years ago having arguably, especially if you want to throw Travis Kelsey in there, with Sammy Watkins as option number three or four, and you drafted McCole Harbin, you got Tyree Kill. At that point, there was a conversation the Chiefs had the best pass-catching core in the league. Now you could go, well, Travis Kelsey's getting a little bit old. They lost Byron Pringle, who don't look now. Dude had almost 700 yards and six touchdowns. I mean, he was valuable. Oh, by the way, you got rid of Tyree Kill, who had the third best numbers of any wide receiver in the league last year, and you added a guy in... Juju Smith-Schuster, who, yeah, he did have that one year four years ago where he had 1,400 yards and double-digit touchdowns. Besides that, just kind of an average dude, just kind of a McCall Harbin type player, a Byron Pringle. Look at the numbers. Same thing with Marcus Valdez-Scantling, career-high touchdowns in a season five. Okay? Don't fool yourselves. The Chiefs need a wide receiver. And to me, sitting back and just getting whatever wide receiver is left at wherever you're supposed to pick is not the best way to do this. The best way to do this is figure out which guy you want. In my opinion, the guy that's most NFL ready right now. I don't care if it's a possession big guy. I don't care if it's a clone of Tyree Kill that can cut on a dime. Whatever. Whoever you think it is. Even if you think it's old boy from Alabama, that he's the most NFL ready, but he's not going to actually be on the field until, let's call it, midway through the season. Fine. What wide receiver in the first round can the Chiefs get that can help them win playoff games and ultimately hopefully win the Super Bowl this upcoming season in the first round. 
And how do you get that guy? I know how you get that guy. And I'll tell you, coming up next, Bink Sunday, 610 Sports Radio. You're listening to Bink Sunday on your official broadcast partner of the Kansas City Chiefs, 610 Sports Radio. So if you weren't listening in the first hour of the show, not enough people are talking about the streak that ended yesterday. 28 years. That's right, Grant. 28 years. Didn't use a porta potty, but had to use one at the Royals game the other day. So between Camp Nash in the 90s and yesterday, I didn't use a porta potty, but the streak is officially over. Speaking of porta potties, did you see who was at Coachella? Shania Twain? A good guess. Do you have any more? She was at Coachella. Though. Playing? Yeah. Oh, yeah. She came out with Harry Styles. Shania Twain. Yeah. From like 1994 fame. I believe so. Yeah. That's what my sister said. I think she's a local. Didn't she go to K-State or MU? I have no idea. Google, man. That's what you do when I'm on. Find out where Shania Twain went to college. I'm Harry over- Styles performs with Shania Twain at Coachella 2022. No, I'm, I'm over that. I'm wondering where she went to college at this point. All right. Aaron Brockovich went you to You sent K-State. me on the weirdest errands. Just go. Like, figure out quick. if there's a weird motel in Columbia. Figure out where Shania Twain went Again, to school. Have I been wrong? She's Canadian, dude. Okay, fine. Where'd she go to college? She's Canadian, like Canadian people took. <laughs> Well, sorry. Canadian people don't go to college. You're from Canada. Not only can you not get an education, you certainly can't get one here in the Midwest. I'm waiting. Where'd you go to college? All right. It, I, it doesn't appear All that right. it's on here. I mean, I'm, I'm sure it's there, but I don't. But it's I don't probably. Know. I'm, I'm probably. It's probably another country singer. Nine one three five seven six seven six ten. We were talking about what the cheese need to do in this upcoming draft. Uh, Patrick Mahomes, by the way, as he answered the question. He was at Coachella with Brittany Mahomes. Looks like she went to a conservatory for music, so yeah, may not have even gone to college. That's what I was saying. Who am I thinking of, dude? I swear one of those. Weird. I don't know. Maybe it's one of those things that I just told myself my entire life. There's some famous country singer, female, that went to either K-State or MU. Cheryl Crow went Cheryl to Missouri. Cheryl Crow, dude. Thank you to the 816. Thank you. I feel like a dumbass. I do. I've said stupid stuff on the radio before. Cheryl Crow. She went to MU? Okay, 816 said she went to Mizzou. Yeah, Cheryl Crow. That's who it is. Thank you. I knew that it, Cheryl Crow, Shania Twain, Tomato, Tomato. Come on. They're the same person. Well, I don't know if that's yeah, true. No, right. it is. They're the same person. Nobody's ever seen him in the room at the same time. Cheryl Crow, Shania Twain, get out of here. I mean, I guess if you showed me pictures of the two, I couldn't. Honestly, I wouldn't if know. you pull one up right now, it's 50-50. I know if it's Shania Twain or I forgot the other one's name already, Cheryl Crow. Anyway, the Chiefs need a wide receiver. Think you can get one at, uh, at Coachella? Jamison Williams out there hanging out? I mean, he's hurt, so maybe. I was pretty sure. Schmoozing with Patrick. Like, that's the thing is you're, like, saying, like, tongue-in-cheek, uh, how, how would he be out there? I was kind of surprised to see Patrick Mahomes out there, if I'm being honest. Like, there are certain places that. I mean, why is that surprising? That he's in April, he's like, yeah, I'll go to Coachella. I'm rich, famous. Yeah, that's why. Young. Uh, rich, famous, kid. Like, you got, like, money, responsibility. It just feels like. And I'm not. Look, I would do yeah, but it. he takes a weekend to go to Coachella. No, he, all I'm saying is that on the surface, 
Sometimes we're at places in, in life where we look a little bit out of place. Like You think he looks out of place at Coachella? I bet he fits right in. Yeah, Patrick Mahomes, the face of the guy who's in the well, more commercials than anybody. He's not just in the crowd. Goes, I'm sure he's oh, got backstage passes. Giant, tall dude I'm sure he's that. kicking it with people. No, I'm sure he's the, got friends the, out the, there. The, the picture that he showed, now who knows? It might have been an angle or something. You, he's definitely getting backstage passes. I'm not Patrick denying. Mahomes of is course backstage. he's getting back. Dude, I could probably get backstage passes if I really tried hard enough. All I'm saying is that he was mingling with the people in the picture that I saw. He was out there with the folks. You, you're telling me that if we were at Coachella, what would you wear to Coachella? He was wearing <laughs> he was wearing jean shorts. Yeah, I mean, you ain't wearing jean shorts. Basketball shorts. You ain't wearing basketball shorts either. What I don't am know I which, wearing? I don't know. I'm not sure because I've never been. But you're not wearing jean shorts or basketball shorts. Why not? You'd look like an idiot. Like he's Patrick Mahomes, so he can wear jean shorts. You can't wear a shorts. It's an outdoor concert. Maybe khakis. Khakis okay, to Coachella? No, no, <laughs> Come on, man. <laughs> Basketball on. You're, you're, shorts? You're dating yourself right there. You're going in Under Armour, dude. We're both going to look like idiots. Are jean shorts the way to go? Because that's what he was I, wearing. I mean, I feel like jean shorts are incredibly common at Coachella. Really? Yes. I feel like I have. Uh, I mean, all due respect, Sean, not the most fashionable person. No, I've no, ever I've met. been told that by my girlfriend before. <laughs> you got a problem with the flip flops and the socks and the. Hey, I wear socks and flip flops all the time. My girlfriend makes fun of me for that too. But, but look, pull up the picture that I'm talking about and tell me he doesn't look. A, all I'm saying is when you're that rich and that famous and at something like that, where generally it's for people that spend their entire paycheck and go and. You don't dress like you normally would. I mean, most of the time I see Patrick Mahomes, he's either in a suit, he's in like chill clothes. I'm talking about like, you know, like gray chill pants and a hoodie, probably Adidas, or he's in uniform. I've never seen Patrick Mahomes in jean shorts. I didn't know anybody still wore jean shorts. When's the last time, Grant, you wore a pair of jean shorts? I mean, I was like 12, but... I'm also not rich and famous. And oh, that's the that's the line of demarcation. So jean shorts are corny on everybody. You and I agree. You haven't worn them since you were 12. I haven't worn them since I was 12. We're talking about 20-plus years for both of us. But if you're rich, then jean shorts are cool again all of a sudden. That's ridiculous. I, I'm telling you that is true. I'm telling you if you – I'm telling you rich and famous people wear jean shorts. Rich like fashionable people wear the correct type of jean short. What makes you fashionable? Because you are rich and famous? Because Whatever Patrick Holmes wears automatically becomes fashionable because Kanye's super rich and because he has, like, an awesome clothing line and the Yeezys and everything? That You think I dress bad? I saw him the other day wearing literally, like, a, he was in California, so it had to be hot, a black puffy coat, black puffy pants, which I didn't know existed. It looked like astronaut pants. And... Black boots with the pants that I'm talking about tucked into them. That is not a cool look. I'm telling you, looking at this picture of Patrick, that is what, that's fashionable. That's not fashionable. Yeah, yes, it is. If you're 25 years old and rich, it's fashionable. Y- yes. If you're going on 40 years saying. old and you show up He with. is 25 year old and rich, No, I though. know he is. You think Britney was really going to let him go to Coachella not looking good? I, I, I'm going to be honest with you. I don't think he looks good. I think he looks ridiculous. Okay. Well, I'm telling you. I think he looks absolutely ridiculous. I'm telling you you're out of touch with his generation. I know then. I he am. He does not I'm look ridiculous. He generation. looks fine. Describe to, undershirt. Describe to the people what, how Patrick Mahomes, for those that are he's driving got, around. He's got like a no, white no, undershirt and uh, I, I don't a black and white Go ahead. dress shirt in some fashion. Uh-huh. Backward hat cap. Backward hat cap. Je- jean shorts. Uh-huh. Bandana. 
Socks, dude. socks and shoes. Oh, he looks good, dude. If you wore that, they wouldn't allow you in the radio station. But he is Patrick Mahomes. I understand that he's Patrick Mahomes. So he looks fashionable. Okay, he looks. Let me ask you this: You know how much his outfit probably costs more than I made the last like five Definitely years? Definitely did. So it's about the money. So it's about how much it was. That's what makes it cool. I'm telling you, it is fashion. He could have looked cooler going to Target, spending eighty bucks on an outfit. He would look dope. I, I, they got you're, a great you're, selection you're, you're of out sunglasses. Of touch, Sean. No, you're out of touch. He looks, he looks fast. You're out of touch. Oh, he spent twenty thousand dollars, so he looks cool, and he's wearing jean shorts. And I'm out of touch. If you show this to to a fashionable person, they'll say he looks good. What if you're wearing it? I, oh, all I of a sudden it's like you know what is I this don't. Guy wearing jean you shorts know I don't for? have the cachet to pull that off. No, I do know that. You know that for a fact. Just the whole aura that I give off. Well, I don't give off the greatest aura either. I'm telling you, that is a summer outfit that a normal fashionable young you, person wears. Ridiculous. When he, he's kicking it with rappers and pop singers and other football players, he does not look out of place wearing that outfit. If Tupac was alive right now, you think he'd be wearing jean shorts? Tupac was alive like 30 years ago. Yeah? It's the fashion changes, Sean! You're, you're out of it, man. Unfortunately... I can't believe how different we are. Like you think I'm not, I am out of touch. I agree with that. What I'm saying is he's also out of touch. There's no way. There's absolutely no way. The dude he's is the wearing... coolest person in the city. Oh my God. You are such a sucker. You think he's that, the that best outfit, football player it, you in think the that city. outfit is not cool. I'm sorry. Is he, is There's he really no that chance. cool? There's no chance that Brittany didn't okay the outfit and Brittany's cool. Okay. <laughs> and he's got the and he's got the over the over the shoulder strap bag. That's a that's Patrick, a fanny pack where I come Patrick from. Patrick looks cool, man. Oh, that my bag costs more than my tuition all four years. Again, you keep going back to the value of it. Oh, okay. So what if you came out there in biker shorts, flip flops, socks, and uh, a shirt that had Joe Camel on it that had holes in it? Yeah, it'd probably be cool. Oh my gosh, dude, you. I'm out of touch. Okay. He's the coolest guy in the city. You no, are. I, I'm out of touch. He can get away with whatever. No, you think right. jean shorts are lame? Those are those are fine looking jeans. What if you were wearing biker shorts and you could see full bulge? Would you be like, damn, that's cool? Yeah. I, okay. You proved my point. Thank you. Well, coming up next, we'll get back in the short shorts football. are in. Biker shorts. Short shorts are in. If Patrick Mahomes, I'm telling you, short no, no, shorts no, are no, in. No, I'm being serious now. If Patrick Mahomes is walking down the plaza in biker shorts with Brittany, and they were for some reason not being mobbed by people, and you happened to be there and you looked over and saw them, you'd be like, "Those are sick." That would be your first reaction. I don't know if that'd be my first reaction. Would probably be, "Oh my god, that's Patrick Mahomes." Second wouldn't be the bulge. Third, you'd be like, "Those are coming." <laughs> Come on, dude. Don't lie to yourself. Six ten Sports Radio. Short shorts are in. You're listening to Bink Sunday on your official broadcast partner of the Kansas City Chiefs, 610 Sports Radio. Text line split whether what Patrick Mahomes is wearing is cool or absolutely ridiculous. The text line absolutely hated that segment. They really wanted us to move on. Well, yeah. I mean, I would say it's been that way for the better part of two and a half hours now when I took over for Bink. But this is the good text from the 816. Some people are trendsetters and some people are just followers. You and I fit a classic follower oh, description. follower for sure. And Patrick Mahomes is a is a trendsetter. He's, he's in the top leading edge. Also, when I was 25 years old, I cared about what I dressed like. I'm not saying that I dress cool, but I cared about what I dressed like. Now? Dude, 
I got a girl. We're talking about having a family and stuff. Like, I could care less what I dress like. You were saying earlier, like, oh, Sean, you're not exactly a fashion faux pas. Yeah, I'm not trying to be, dude. Like, I think people look ridiculous that if you're just going out for a common day, if you're not wearing flip-flops and baggy gray pants and a t-shirt, you're doing it wrong. I'm sorry. So why are you saying that Patrick Mahomes is out of touch? No, no, no. I understand that I'm the one who's technically out of touch and that he's not doing anything wrong. I'm saying from my opinion, from where I sit now in my life, he looks absolutely ridiculous. I, I know I sound like the old man. I get it. That's a pretty old man take. No, I know. He's wearing jean shorts, though. Come on, dude. 913. Jean shorts are in. I don't realize. So. Okay. 913-576-7610. Um, the Chiefs need a wide receiver. Speaking of Patrick Mahomes, he has to have somebody to throw the football to since... I mean, dude, does he even have a number one wide receiver right now? Who would you say is his number one wide receiver? Travis Kelsey. Okay, he's a tight end. <laughs> Who's his number one wide receiver? I mean, receiver? his number one target's going to be Travis Kelsey. I didn't Kelsey. say target. That's the easy way to get out like you always do. Who's his number one wide receiver? The guy that on his business card says wide receiver. Who gets the, the best one? Uh, it's Juju, right? It's Juju, probably. Yeah. Unfortunately. I mean, that guy's got <laughs> two seasons of over 1,000 yards. Last year, he played in a game. You could Valdis, would you call Valdis Scantling the two over, I guess, Hardman at this point? And then Hardman at three? What we're really saying is that the Chiefs need to go out there and find a wide receiver in this draft. So here are some of the guys that they should have their eyes on. And in my opinion, it's pretty easy what you do. A guy like a Drake London, USC wide receiver, 6'5", 210, possession wide receiver, red zone guy. Now, he is recovering off of a fractured ankle, so it is one of those things where he can be ready to go right away. And while we're talking about him, we might as well talk about the second best wide receiver, at least in my opinion, Jameson Williams from Alabama. He also is obviously coming off the uh, tour ACL, I believe it was, in the the, uh, championship game. And he did, when he was on the field last year, he was an absolute beast. Now, do you want to take one of those top two guys at wide receiver who are coming off of an injury, or maybe do you want to work your way down to some of those healthy wide receivers? Because any, everybody knows anything about this year's draft believes there's going to be five wide receivers go in the first round in all likelihood five go in the top 20. Well, the chiefs first pick this year is at 29. So if they want one of those top five wide receivers and dare I say, if they want to have their pick of wide receivers, they're going to have to trade up. And the way to trade up, and historically what teams are very willing to do, is essentially two for one. We've got a good first-round draft pick. You've got a couple of lower first-round draft picks. You need quality. We need quantity. Let's just go ahead and swap. There's got to be a team that's sitting at 11, 12, 15. Wherever the Chiefs think they can be to get the wide receiver that they want in this year's draft and say, all right, here's the deal. We're going to flip you 29 and 30 in the first round. You give us, we want the, the, that premium pick in the first round so we can go out there and get a wide receiver. And maybe they go with a guy like Garrett Wilson from Ohio State. Maybe they look at somebody like that and say, okay, this guy can accelerate. He's strong. He's not big, at least tall, six feet, 192 pounds. But if your goal ultimately is to try to replace Tyree Kill as fast as possible, maybe that's the route they go. Chris Olave, another guy that's not a real tall guy. But damn, he can create separation. He ran a 4-4, 4-3-9 to be exact. 40 at the at the combine, 6-1-188. Maybe you wait a little bit. You see how many of those wide receivers have come off the board. You go out there and try to get a guy like a Traylon Burks from Arkansas, 6-3-225. Bigger possession type wide receiver. Kind of a A.J. Brown type player. 
But the problem is if you don't get one of those guys who pretty much are the consensus best five wide receivers out there, depending on who you talk to, maybe some people will throw like a John Mechie from Alabama in there also. Another guy that's more of a possession. I'm sorry, not a possession, but a kind of a kind of a McCall Hardman, Tyree Kill type guy, six feet, 190 pounds, real fast. Also coming off of an ACL tear. So you're dealing with another injury concern there. But once you get all those guys off the board, the top five or six wide receivers, now you're hoping to get a DK Metcalf. You're hoping to get a wide receiver in all likelihood, not in the first round or at the very bottom that everybody else has passed on that for some reason works out well in your system, in your offense with Patrick Mahomes. I'm talking about guys like Christian Watson. I mean, this dude is big. 6'5", 208, played at North Dakota State, can jump out the gym. Or you can go the opposite direction and say, okay, we're going to wait for a guy like a Jahan Dotson from Penn State. Another fast, kind of speedy, shifty, 5'11", 184 wide receiver. But the lower that it goes, man, the more random that it gets and the less likely that you have help at wide receiver position for this year, which is what you need. If you wait for a guy like a Sky Moore from Western Michigan, if you wait for a guy like an Alex Pierce from Cincinnati, I mean, to me, there's a need, there's a hole that is glaring enough for this team at wide receiver where if they do anything except for figure out a way to package together probably those two end-of-first-round picks, 29 and 30. Maybe you could say we'll give you 29 at the end of the first round, and we've also got pick number 50, so a middle-of-the-round second pick. We'll give you both of those to trade up to get your first-round pick at 10 or 12, and then you go out there and just decide, and this is up to Brett Veach at this point, which wide receiver helps your team the most right now? Do the Chiefs have holes? Do they have a lot of positions to fill coming off of, I don't want to say a disappointing season, but a season we all had Super Bowl expectations? Absolutely. I mean, yeah, Frank Clark's still on the team, but we know that his pass rush isn't there, so they need pass rush. Where's that going to come from? What about in the secondary? We know we know they have holes to fill there. I mean, who takes over for Tyron Matthew, essentially? Let's see. Do they try to fill that through the draft? 913-576-7610. But the one thing that we can all agree on is that Patrick Mahomes has to have somebody to throw the football to that's not Travis Kelsey. If I told you at the end of the season, McCall Hartman goes out there and he got an opportunity and he had 600 yards and six touchdowns, you'd be like, oh, well, that sucks. If I told you that Juju Smith-Schuster was healthy this year and went out there and we look back in hindsight and he has 700 yards and five touchdowns, that's what he averages, guys. Oh, the Chiefs got Marcus Valdez-Scantling from Green Bay? The guy who averages 500 yards and four touchdowns a season? Does that really help? Does that really move the needle? Does that really get you in the end zone? So to me, what the Chiefs need to do, put together a package, go out there and get one of those wide receivers, get the wide receiver that you believe is most ready to go right now, and then all of a sudden, that guy becomes probably about midway through the season, if all things work out well, your number one wide receiver. That's where this team has found themselves. I mean, for two minutes, Grant and I just went back and forth. Well, who's the number one? It's not Hardman. I guess it's Juju. It's not Valdez Scantling. Tried to be funny with me over there. Travis Kelsey. No, he's a tight end. Who's the best wide receiver on this football team? The answer is it's probably whoever they draft in the first round coming up 11 days from now. 913-576-7610 is the phone number. But again, 
the Chiefs have some other holes to fill. We can talk about that coming up on the other side. Also, after this draft in Las Vegas, 11 days away, we're on the clock. The draft's here in Kansas City. Let's talk about that. We'll talk some Royals baseball and a story about a white claw before we get out of here. Bink Sunday, 610 Sports Radio. You're listening to Bink Sunday on your official broadcast partner of the Kansas City Chiefs, 610 Sports Radio. Grant, remember how you screwed the whole city a little while ago and he didn't let us know that that the Royals game got canceled? Sure, yeah. Because of weather? Well... So normally when I would sign off right now, I'd be like, Vern's coming up next. He's not. Sorry. There's no Royals baseball. And that's Grant's fault. I mean, Mother Nature also, but I would say Grant mostly. That that you don't know about it or that the game got canceled? Okay. I I would say if you weren't supposed to work today, the weather would be better and the game would go on. So it's probably your fault. A lot of people probably had great Easter plans, you know. Grandpa doesn't go to a lot of games, but he goes on his yearly Easter game if they're in town. But you ruined that. So you think they've got a year? Do you think some guy's tradition out there is yearly Easter game? Probably not. They go every year on Easter when they're in town. They're so, like mid to late April is the perfect weather to go every year to the Royals. Are there not certain games that you go to every year? Like no. the Yankees come in town. You no. don't No. What about Bork at the park? No, I just find a good weekend where there's a game that I'd, I'd like to go to. That's oh, I only go with like a free ticket. I ain't gonna lie. Yeah. But I mean. Bark at I, the, I'm not going to miss Bark at the Park. You know what I used to do what? is summers when I was in college, go to the student night at the K every Wednesday. It's like $6 tickets. Yeah, so, okay, so you understand what I'm talking about. There are people that have appointment viewing, whether it's cheaper or a certain team they're playing or a giveaway or whatever it is. Speaking of this, dude, I was at the Tigers game a couple of days ago. I told you I broke the porta potty streak on the way in, and then I get inside, and my girl insists on getting a... I think the beer was 12 bucks. It was double digits, whatever it was. It was more than 10. And I thought that was ridiculous. I mean, that's insane to pay that much money for a single beer, right? And so we've got, like, pretty good seats. We're sitting, uh, you know, the, the bottom section has, like, the very bottom section. And then there's the road that people can walk by. And then you can sit a little bit higher up. That means mascots can also walk by the uh, the area right in front of us. And Slugger was there, and he's doing his thing, entertaining the children or whatever. But his tail has like a little, like, I guess you'd call it like a, I don't know if it's cotton or polyester. It's like a little little tough thing at the end of it. And it ended up in my girl's beard, or close enough, like, kind of like touching my girl's beard that she was grossed out by the situation. And I, it was my money. I just paid the 12 bucks, and I'm pretty cheap. So I'm like, what do you think we should do about it? And I didn't think oh, I should, like, use any of my pull and be like, hey, you know, Sean being with 6'10", we're the home of the Royals. Like, I was just wondering if I could. I wasn't going to pull that. I'd look like an idiot. What she wanted me to do was even more ridiculous. Here's what she suge- suggested, my girlfriend. It was like I, like, wasn't, like, didn't have her back. Like, I was disobeying her honor. She goes, were you not going to ask the lion to get you another beer? I'm like, baby. Are you being serious right now? No, I'm not going to try. You think I'm going to get in front of all these people who are trying to be entertained by Slugger, and I'm going to walk up to his mouth, which, by the way, is located probably around like his belly button, and I'm going to say, hey, Slugger, man, I know you didn't mean to do it, but would you? what's he going to do? 
walk up to the the get get a bag of peanuts and a beer and bring it back over to me? That's ridiculous. So I chose like what I thought was the least evil of all. I couldn't do nothing. I didn't want to spend another twelve bucks on a beer. I obviously wasn't going to talk to Slugger. So I said something to Slugger. Slugger walks around with the handler, you know, like the person that makes sure that people don't pull the tail and punch Slugger and all that stuff. So I started to say something to her. I think she thought that I was joking. So we just like kind of had a laugh and and then I had to buy my girl another beer. But anyway, 913-576-7610 is the phone number. We've been we've been on a strange long journey today for a few hours. We thought we were going to talk about the Worlds game coming up, but that got canceled. We both thought, I think the one thing that we ended up agreeing on the last few hours, Grant, was that pulling Clayton Kershaw was absolutely I mean, not only should they have kept him in for the team, the fans. Think of think if you're a fan and you've gone to so many baseball games. Most people listening right now that have been to those have really never been to a baseball game where anything of historic value has happened. Most of us. Like I'm trying to think. I saw Harold Baines' 2000th hit. Big freaking deal. My claim to fame when I almost saw a game was so George Brett, the night that he got his 3000th hit was on the West coast. They were playing at the time, the California angels. And that dude went four for four that night to get his 3000th hit. Well, guess who had tickets at Kaufman at that time, Royal stadium for the next day. So if he would have gone three for four, I'd be in prime spot. I would be at the Royals game as a young sports machine with George Brett, 2,999 hits. I've got to see. This was about to be my moment. And since it was on the West Coast, it makes it even worse. The Royals were playing on 61 Country, which later turned out to be 610 Sports Radio. I'm a young sports machine. I'm listening. And I went to bed eventually with the game still on, but I passed out because it was like 10, 11 o'clock at night and Brett was two for two. So I'm, I'm kind of thinking like, oh, crap, now he's only two hits away. You know, like would the Royals maybe pull him late in the game as to make sure he gets the hit at home. And I wake up and the newspaper is on, which like never would happen. And the newspaper is open to the sports section. My dad had taken it out of the sleeve, the star, and put it on next to my cinnamon toast crunch. And it said 3,000 hits. And I'm like, no! So then we went to the game later on that night. And they're like, let's honor George Brett, who last night got his 3,000th hit. Brutal. My point is, most of us don't ever get it. Most baseball games are like every other baseball game you've been to. Maybe a guy hits two or three home runs and it's cool. Has no hitter for four, five, six innings and it's cool. Steals home. A perfect game? A perfect game. There have been almost 300,000 games played in the history of Major League Baseball, and there have been less than 30, which the pitcher has been perfect. And this dude was six outs away. And your rationale is what? That his arm's going to get hurt? That he's a Hall of Fame pitcher? That you need him for the entire length of the season? It'd be one thing if he had a no-hitter. Okay, there have been 100-something of those. Not that It's a big deal. I would have left him in there. But I'm not going to get mad if you don't. It'd be one thing if he had thrown 130 pitches on opening day through seven innings and you kept him in there as long as you could, but man, now you got to get him out just for his own safety. 80 pitches? 80 pitches. And let's not act like he's not stretched out during the week and he wasn't doing a lot of stuff in the offseason to keep his arm fresh. Stop. The problem is about 10 years ago, 
baseball decided that they'd get these left-handed specialists that come in in the sixth and the seventh and the eighth inning, and they'd come in and pitch to one guy. Oh, up comes so-and-so left-handed power pitcher. Go out and get the guy that we paid two million bucks a year for 40 appearances to come in and throw to one batter. Get old lefty to come in out of the bullpen. Because we got to preserve everybody's arms. we got to coddle all these guys like they're babies. This dude, Clayton Kershaw, has been pitching his entire career. I understand that technically, like, you know what people are scared of? Who was the guy, like, 10 years ago, the Mets pitcher, that threw the, the no-hitter, and they left him in to throw 130, 140 pitches? It was um, the dude that used to pitch for the Twins. Pitched for the Twins. Went over to the Mets, big contract. They left him in there too long, and then he never heard of the dude again. I can't remember his damn name. Anyway, it just makes no sense to me. The risk versus reward is just insane. You could have had out the gates a perfect game, momentum purposes, fan base going nuts, historical value, and you pull him for what? To preserve his arm? Get out of here. Uh, Speaking of baseball, I don't know if you've heard, there's no Royals game today, and that's Grant's fault. So when's the doubleheader? July 11th, Monday, July 11th. Monday, July 11th. So enjoy the doubleheader if you've got tickets to that one. So far through the first week and change for Royals baseball, I mean, don't make too much of it. Honestly, if the Royals were 8-0 right now instead of where 3-5, I wouldn't be tripping. It's such a long season. But the pitching... The young pitching that you thought you were going to get? Lynch and Pubich and Singer and Cohort? Not so much. Not yet. But again, it's the first week and change. Top of the rotation has been good with Brad Keller and Zach Grinke. When I was out there the other day, I was a little bit upset at y'all. I mean, Zach Grinke was on the mound. The announced attendance was like 10,300 people or something like that, which means there was like 7,000 people there. To see Zach Grinke? I was there. Where were you? Anyway, that's it for the show. Uh, Thank you to everybody that called in. Thank you to all your text messages also. Grant, you were fine. I mean, honestly, I'd say a little bit below average based on what I've gotten used to working with you. How are you not going to tell us that you knew the Royals game was canceled on the home of the Royals? You're going to let me blabber about, dude, I was talking about porta-potties for 15 minutes and you knew the Royals game was canceled. I did not. The Royals game got banged at like 10.15. You were talking about porta-potties at 9 a.m. Was that talking about some other useless crap, though? What was I talking about? I you was talking doing... about the Chiefs. No, I wasn't. At the time you found out the Royals game was canceled, I was doing my list of my top 10 favorite no. rabbits based Incorrect. on the fact that it's you Easter. Doing rabbits and you, at 10 decided, you decided to let me roll talking about number no. two. You were the doing the Chiefs. Bunny. You were doing number the Chiefs one, at 10 The Tricks Bunny. Anybody ever seen the bunny from Donnie Darko? And Grant's Frank, got the information. Frank, 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 Frank the bunny from Donnie Darko. No disrespect. Anyway, I'm the sports machine, Sean Levine. Uh, no Royals game coming up next, so enjoy what you hear. 610 Sports Radio. You're listening to Bink Sunday on your official broadcast partner of the Kansas City Chiefs, 610 Sports Radio.